Cape Talk. A world view from London with Adam Gilchrist. Uh, good morning, Adam Gilchrist. Let's start in uh, the negotiations uh, between um, Mossad, the CIA in Qatar, about um, hostages, which uh, we believe could be imminent. The Gaza hostages, could the release deal be soon? Yeah, that is the question. Uh, the fact that it's on the table is important because we sort of... Uh, fleetingly mentioned it before and then it goes away and nothing seems to happen and then there's some grim news perhaps coming out of a body found or whatever uh, what we know so far is well two sides of the story the, what the israeli military is telling us and what hamas palestinian officials are telling us 239 people are believed to be being held i hadn't actually seen that figure for a while 239 thought to include 20 children. We know that so far four hostages have been released and another was freed by Israeli forces. So five came out, an Israeli soldier, two Israeli women, two Americans, a mother and daughter. Uh, Israel says that the bodies of two hostages have also been found during their excavations, and they really are that, at Al-Shifa Hospital as they're digging down, they say, into the tunnels beneath Hamas says uh, it has hidden the hostages in safe places and tunnels. I think that's the first time Hamas has confirmed that it has tunnels, although we all know they have, but still. Uh, Israeli Defense Forces have notified the families, but there are also quite a lot of families of the 239 who don't know they're amongst the 239. Their loved ones are just uh, well, possibly abducted, but otherwise missing, possibly murdered. So what we have here is a, hopefully a clearing of the fog of war. There's a lot that has been lost in the fog of war. Maybe that fog will get a bit clearer. Maybe. Some questions on why the CIA and Mossad intelligence services are, <laughs> yes. are, are called in to negotiate with the Qatari prime minister. And this largely is about saving face for politicians because politicians don't want to be seen as negotiating with the other side and let's be honest many diplomats at foreign missions are somehow connected to the intelligence services of their respective countries so i think there's a very practical reason uh, on why intelligence agencies are used as the negotiators and and not the the politicians or career diplomats it's even going back to sort of, as it were, the purest form of hostage exchange. Think of Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin when the uh, East European side, German, Russian, whatever, would hand over to the Americans or the British or the French, whatever, on that side. And literally, you know, one would pass the other at Checkpoint Charlie. And that was never done by politicians. That was absolutely, I mean, sometimes civil servants, but otherwise... Yes, absolutely. Intelligence agencies, because they felt that they knew what was going on on the ground, I guess. And then China's sonar weapon. Australia claims uh, one of their warships have been targeted. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. Somebody shooting sound waves at you. <laughs> it could kind of work. That's the trouble. Uh, so the Australian defense minister says a Chinese warship took unsafe actions, as he put it, off Japan last week. Um, using sonar pulses in international waters and that Australian divers suffered injuries. So not those necessarily on the ship, but the warship approached an Australian frigate. Divers were clearing fishing nets from the propellers. They got a bit tangled. The Chinese ship emitted, they say, these dangerous sonar pulses 
and the divers suffer things like dizziness, disorientation, a bit of loss of hearing. Um, it wasn't pleasant for them, and it was a fairly brief episode, so potentially it could have been worse if it had gone on for longer. Australian diplomatic relations with China are meant to have improved. Uh, about a year ago, they were kind of all-time low. I don't think this will help, though, if we're talking about improvement in relations. Now they, apparently, these sonar weapons are, are, are used at malls to keep mall rats, young mall rats away because um, younger people can hear higher frequencies. So, high pitch. Yeah, yeah, so apparently they play these high-pitched sounds at malls to get the young people away because they just loiter around and just are mall rats. And then finally, Napoleon's hat sold at auction for a price fit for an emperor. What lovely timing uh, with the release of uh, the Napoleon biopic starring Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, the owner wasn't stupid, were they? The, the, yes, that film is out, I think, on worldwide release on Wednesday. I think it's had its world premiere in Paris, which is an interesting thing because it's a kind of slightly British take with American money and Ridley Scott Hollywood dimensions to the film and yet Paris is where they released it and of course the French critics were a tiny bit snooty. There are plenty of other critics who are saying, Marvieux, this is fantastique, you must go and see it. So, the timeliness of it, absolutely, the hat has been slightly disappointing. It's not just the Napoleon Bonaparte hat, it's one of about 120 that he owned. I mean, he had the, the bike, or basically he wore his hat the wrong way around. Everyone else in that day and age was wearing their hat back to front with a pointy thing out front because it keeps the sun off or the rain off your face. Napoleon thought that. Uh, he's quite happy with the sun and the rain on his face, so he turned the hat around. I mean, it was, as they put it, an en bataille thing. So if you were looking up at the hill or looking behind to see where is Napoleon, instantly recognisable by having his hat the wrong way around. So one of those bicorn hats, as they're called, is now sold for nearly 2 million euros, 43 million rand for a 200-year-old hat. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's nice, it's made of felt, but it's not, it's not fancy, but I suppose that's the point. Um, I have to say, it might be a slightly better bargain because it was not the same auction, but at the same time, there was another auction where somebody bought a bottle of whiskey for more than that. I think it was about 45 million rand for a 100-year-old bottle. I think a 200-year-old hat that you could wear the right way around would be much more useful myself. But then what do I know? Oh, I, I think I'll go with the whiskey. Adam Gilchrist, chat to you oh. tomorrow with The Worldview. <laughs> Hope you have a good one.